Welcome to the Lockdown and Then What interactive podcast series. It's okay to be in lockdown. What's not okay is to stay in lockdown. My name is Jose Ucar, and together with Liz Hamlet, we are co-hosting this podcast. Because we have experienced what can be achieved when we set our mind free and take control over our life. So that we make it happen instead of it happening to us. This podcast series is a unique opportunity to open up and be yourself. To ask all the crazy questions you don't dare to ask anyone. To vent and gain new perspectives. This is your space. This is where you turn lockdown into anything positive you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 5 of the Lockdown and Then What interactive podcast series. Remember, this is a unique opportunity to open up and be yourself, guys. To ask all the crazy questions you don't dare to ask anyone. To vent, gain new perspectives. This is your space. This is where you turn your current situation, whatever that might be, into anything positive you can possibly imagine. My name is Jose Ucar. I'm a communication and public speaking trainer who thrives connecting with amazing people. Hence, the reason for this podcast. And before I introduce today's guest, I'm going to pass it over to my amazing co-host, Liz Hamlet. Thanks, Jose. What a great introduction. <laughs> so um, I'm Liz Hamlet. I'm a success coach and business mentor. And we really wanted to um, create this podcast um, because we'd found that a lot of people were feeling very stuck during the early stages of lockdown. You know, things, you know, it was a bit of a moving face with their career or their business. You know, perhaps they'd lost a lot of clients. So we really wanted to give a forum for people to get together. And we record this in front of a live audience. So they are all here today ready to ask questions of our guests um so you know today we really um are really happy to have an amazing guest join us today who's actually during lockdown totally pivoting what he's doing he's actually launching um two businesses during lockdown so i'm um, really delighted to welcome lewis ellis so how Hi. are you lewis how's it going Great. Um, so I'll just give a bit of a, for those of you that um, don't know you, I'm sure lots of people do, because um, obviously you're in the final five of last year's um, The Apprentice, um, and you're a digital marketing consultant, and you actually, during lockdown, you were made um, redundant from your um, permanent role, and since then you've founded um, and sort of launched more um full-time your um, marketing uh, digital marketing agency which is hustle marketing but you're also for your sins co-founding and launching um, a travel company which is hidden travel so um, you know we're delighted to have you here today and really to hear you know a true embodiment of like making the most of lockdown so do you want to um, introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about what you're doing yeah sure um also, before we start, can we just appreciate how much Jose sounds like Antonio Banderas? Like, <laughs> I was just thinking, that. it reminds me of the Mask of Zorro. I was listening, like, please speak more. Like, <laughs> it was like such a perfect introduction as well. Um, anyway, sorry, off, off topic, I know. Okay, yeah, so my, my name's Lewis. I'm uh, 29. I'm 30 next week. I think it's next week, which absolutely sucks. Um, but... I am now, I guess, chasing my personal goals. Um, I've always wanted to start businesses. Um, I went on The Apprentice last year because 
I kind of wanted to show the world what I've been working on in the background for many, many years. And I, and I thought, what a, what a great way to sort of make a promise to yourself, go out there and tell the world, this is what I'm starting and this is what I'm trying to achieve. Because if you do it in front of 12 million people, if you don't do it, you look like an ass. Oh, you're not allowed to swear. You look like a liar. <laughs> uh, so I just thought, why, why not? Make a promise to myself, make a promise to the world, and, and then I have to do it because if not, everyone will laugh at me. So that's that's kind of what my my motivations were going on the show. Um, and then, yeah, you're right. So I was I was like, what a great time to start. I've got a really good job. I'm working in marketing. I've been doing it for quite a long time now. I've got a nice steady income. What a perfect time to launch. And then coronavirus hit. And I was like, well, great. Well, the travel company's on pause. Um, and then I got made redundant. I was on a Zoom call just like this and literally got a phone call. And I was like, one second to take this call. I came back, I was like, I've just been fired. Um, so that steady income went. And all of a sudden, I'm left with no role, uh, no travel company that I can push just yet. And I was like, cack, what am I going to do? And yeah, I decided to, to start a, a marketing business. There's actually a secret third company that no one knows about that I've just become a co-founder of. Uh, which is a technology company, but I'm keeping it quiet because if I start saying that, people are going to think, "Oh, he's just me- he's just messing around now." Like, it sounds <laughs> like it sounds like I'm just getting involved in things for fun. So there is a secret third one which I've not really spoken about yet. But yeah, uh, I guess I- I'm at that point where I'm like I said, 29, turning 30, and I've just I've had my fun in my 20s, and I'm just you know all all in now on what I want to achieve for the next 10 years, and that's that's where I'm at now. That's where I'm at right now. Amazing, and you know, I know I've been watching back. Luis, that, that's amazing. Thank you very much for sharing that and uh, for you know showing appreciation towards <laughs> my accent. So I do feel like I'm Tony Banderas now, and therefore I'm going to ask you a question. Um, because you know, when when I look at you now, um, people potentially they see you on Instagram, they see you on obviously the people that know that you were on the Apprentice show mm-hmm. and everything else. What we're looking at now, if you think about it, is the tip of the iceberg, right? And one of the things I always like to say, because, you know, if we want to become successful, if we go looking at the tip of the iceberg, if I look at you now and then think about that, great, it's inspirational in a way. But I want to know more. I want to dig deeper. How did you get to that bit? How did you get to where you are today? And that is such an open question, which potentially would take us the rest of the podcast. But what I would like to ask you specifically, if, you know, the first thing that comes to mind, that pivotal moment that took you to where you are today or on this journey. Um, it's interesting you mentioned Instagram. and stuff. I've never really cared about social media, honestly. I, I, I just, even before The Apprentice, I had like a thousand followers and I would just post pictures of me in the bath. Uh, I mean, with breakfast and me just like walking the dog. The most boring Instagram ever. Um, I only share on social because a, a few people have sort of rallied behind now what we're up to. And I thought, what a great way to keep sharing the story. Um, in terms of what brought me to where I am right now, do you know what? There's a pivotal moment in my life, which I'll always remember, which is the moment that I first experienced successful entrepreneurs and business owners. Now, I was, without going into too much detail, when I was 18 years old, I was kicked out of three colleges before then. I just thought, screw this, education's not for me, I'm off abroad. And I went working abroad as a holiday rep for, um, I, did, I think, in eight seasons across summer and winter, across five different countries and four different tour operators. And, and I spent a long time working for different people. And one thing that happened was in the winter season, I was obviously... Um, winter is quite a, it's predominantly like an expensive sport. So quite a lot of people who are wealthier will go on these holidays with their families. And, and I never did them as a kid because, you know, we, we, were, we weren't rich. But I was all of a sudden uh, in Switzerland. I was on this really, I was with this really expensive tour operator. And I was surrounded by families and CEOs. 
and um, business owners that were all making an absolute fortune. They rocked up in there. They drove into Switzerland in their Porsches. Um, you know, you could just tell that they were like the, the, the kids all like heads towing Gucci. I was like, what is going on? Like, and I was, I was like, sort of, you don't really experience this. It's not, these weren't in my circle. Right. So I've never seen this before. And I was like, what the hell is going on? So I just started asking questions like, Hey, what'd you do? Where are you from? Like, how did you get there? And then I was obsessed. I would ski with them. So my job was to take them out skiing all day long. Um, then I haunted them. Like I went from the moment we went out in the morning, on the chairlift, 40 minutes in the morning, I asked them all questions all the way to the top. Skiing down, every time we stopped and was under the chairlift, I asked them all questions. Went for lunch, I asked them all questions. I feel sorry for these guys because they went on a holiday to relax and they were haunted by this, uh, I think it was 20-year-old 20, 20 at that point, haunted by this 20-year-old guy pestering them. But I was asking them questions and I was finding out what they did and I wanted to know how they got where they are and I was like, what, what is going on? And, and I guess all the questions I asked kind of all, all came up with the same sort of answers. And they all sort of said, uh, you know, I started my own business or I went to university, got a job and went my way up and, and I'm a CEO or, I'm a, or like I work in finance or whatever. Um, so I was faced with these sort of options, like, well, which route do I want to go down? But every single one of them sort of said the same thing. Even the entrepreneurs said, you're not going to get anywhere working abroad like this because you live, we live like we're poor, you know, we're poor, we don't get paid a lot. Yeah, you're there in a great environment, but you don't get paid anything. They all sort of said, come back to the UK and figure it out from there. Don't just keep having fun and messing around abroad. Um, and the majority of them, not all of them, the majority said, go to university, get a job, uh, sorry, go to university, get a degree with that degree, get a job that, you know, pays enough with that job, sort of save that money to start a business. So that's what I did. I, li I literally took them on face value and took that advice. And I, I sort of sacked off, uh, the, the, I did one more summer and then I sacked off working abroad, came back to university, managed to blag my way into uni because I hadn't got any college degree uh, college qualifications. I got, uh, I went straight into business. I remember the first day of the business course, uh, they were like, why are you, why are you studying business? Because like, I want to own businesses one day. And the guy said, well, you don't need to study business to own businesses. And I was like, I know, but why would I want to be the dumbest guy in the room? Like, why would I want to rely on everyone else to tell me what to do when they think they've got their qualifications? I thought, I, I don't want to be in that situation where I'm being like done over by people. So that's why I decided to do it. Um, and then I ended up doing a business degree. Um, I, I went on to do a business and uh, marketing master's degree. Uh, and then I went on to get a job. And it really did help. It literally swapped me from going down this path of a guy who could have been 30 years old in Ibiza right now looking after 20-year-olds to a guy who's 30-year-old going into what is an important part of my life with what is essentially three businesses under my belt um, and, and chasing my dreams. So that, that was the point. Wait, wait, boom, boom. It could have gone either one of two ways. If I'd never met those people, if I'd never done that ski season in Switzerland, because I could have been in Austria where it was just normal families and, you know, it wasn't really expensive. But I was in a place where... It cost them like £5,000 per person and they had these like, and, and it, Switzerland itself is like an amazing um, culture. There's lots of, um, you know, successful people there. That that was where I happened to get put. And if it hadn't happened like that, then I wouldn't have gone like that. I would have probably carried on the same path. Um, and yeah, I, that was the point, I guess, where it changed. And um, how do you think, you know, that's helped? Because obviously during lockdown, you had that call that a lot of people were had that either, you know, people going on furlough or being made redundant. You know, how did that, you know, maybe soften that blow a little bit? Because you'd already sort of almost been doing this on the side, hadn't you? Hustle was a bit of a sort of side, side hustle, basically. Um, did that help at all? Um, or did you at one point think, oh, I need to just go back and get a full time job again? So, right. So interesting hustle. Um, see, hustle started, I've actually just read on the website, but hustle started in 2016. I was working full time in marketing and I was just like, Hey, I'm not learning fast enough. 
I was like, I need to get more. I need to get more, right? Because I want to move faster than everyone else in this in in, in the industry. I know that I've got to catch up. Years to catch up. I was I was going into marketing at 22 versus going in there at 18. I've got years of experience to catch up. And I was like, the best way to learn would be to go out and find companies. I bear in mind, I asked a lot of people what the best way to learn was. And a lot of the agency owners said, go and find customers, go and do it free of charge, get loads of experience and develop and build your way up. So that's what I did. Uh, so I started in 2016 with that. And it was always a side gig. And it was a learning tool for me because when I went into a job, then I could say to them, yeah, I might only be a marketing executive, but I've got four clients of my own where we've been building their SEO. They're now the number one company ranked in the area. We've been working on their social media ads. And obviously I get to learn all these different skills and Photoshop and video editing, all that sort of things that you wouldn't really have experience with if you're just in one place. So it was a side hustle, hence the name hustle. Um, now, I did not plan on going full-time in hustle. I honestly didn't. I'd just taken a new role after The Apprentice. Obviously, loads of job offers came in. I was getting offered loads of money, and I was like, oh, this is great because they think I'm fantastic now. Um, I was like, I'll get a really good one. And I got offered a decent salary in Manchester, running, running an agency for two guys. They were financing it. They wanted me to be the face of the business. They wanted me to run the teams and pull the teams, build, build it really for them. And literally the month I got hired was March. I left my job in, so I left my job on the, the so like 12th of March. No, 1st of March I started there, but they didn't put me on the payroll to the 15th, which means I missed the cutoff point as well. Um, so when I get that call, we're talking on a Zoom call like this, and I was literally sat there saying to, people, saying to the guy, you know what, I don't know if I'm gonna pay the bills. What if I lose my job? I know that other people are in the same situation right now. Everyone's gonna be screwed. But all you can control is your own thoughts and your own actions. So how, how dare I sit here and say I'm in a bad situation when there are people out there who literally are, are now jobless and have to find a way to survive. And they've got kids and they've got, you know, I can always go back to my mom's house. They've got rent to pay and all that sort of stuff. So I was basically appreciating where I was now when it happened. So the fact that I just had that conversation and then I get made redundant and I come back to the camera, I was just like, you know what? If you can think and watch it, it's on LinkedIn. I was basically like, you know what? I'm not going to sit here and moan and whinge about this. I'm going to think my way out of it. Because what what's going to be achieved by me being miserable, depressed, worried, or scared, or getting upset, nothing, like nothing positive would come out of that. So all I could do is control my own thoughts, my own actions, and go, how the fuck? I can't swear, can I? Can I swear? I swear a lot. Um, how the hell can I work my way out of this? Um, and that's exactly the mindset I went into. So I was like, right, what, what have I got? What am I? What have I got? to me that makes me different what can i do so i was like right well maybe i can um I, i've got the travel company maybe we can launch sooner well, obviously coronavirus i was like um, i can maybe get another job no one no one was hiring i applied for loads of roles set my cv out everywhere no one was interested so i was like screw it i'm just gonna go full-time and hustle i was like i don't know where the clients are gonna come from i don't know how i'm gonna find them but i'm gonna just do this and by some miracle i documented that journey uh and I literally i was like bills are due in two weeks bills are due in like 10 days bills are due in seven days like and like on the day before the bills were due i had like just the amount it sounds almost cheesy like you wouldn't believe it it sounds like when i was really cheesy stories that some asshole entrepreneur talks about but i swear to god the day of the the day the bills were due to go out was the day i got transferred a grand which made my uh, earnings go just over the right amount to pay the bills that month after tax which is a new thing i've got to learn to pay um but yeah like that 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 happened and then i was like right well on to month two like i don't know how we're going to pay month two's bills and same again but we managed it and now we're in month three and i'm already like i've already got month four's bills in the bank this time so i'm not too worried and um, bear in mind i had i've been using my own savings as well so it's not like i've just been earning I've, i was using my own savings to survive like pay the insurance and the car and the car itself and but look the point is now the money's sort of rolling in and i I'm not saying it's like it's doing really, really well yet, but it's coming and people are finding me. I've not done one bit of 
the only marketing I do is just sharing the story, sharing the journey, sharing the, the achievements that we've, we've done so far. And people keep finding us. Uh, and I wanted to do something completely different. I, don't, I didn't just want to have a marketing agency. I want a marketing agency that says, screw you. Like, it's completely different. He's, he's like against the grain, completely fucking the norm. Like, that's my podcast name, for God's sake. Um, I don't like to do things the same way as everyone else. So my agency is a hard sell. Like, it's not just like, hey, we'll do your marketing. It's, hey, we'll do your marketing. But fuck everyone else. We're going to do it our own way. And we're going to really make you stand out. Uh, that's a hard sell. But a lot of people really buy into that. And they've been reaching out to me, which I didn't realize would happen. So anyway, that's, that's where we're at with Hustle. Started as a side gig. If you go on my website, the first thing that happens when you load the website is this picture of this woman in a mask appears. And it's very purging. It's like all smoke and steam. And the first thing you read is that Hustle. I made up the word, right? So it can mean whatever I want it to mean. It used to mean no worries, but that, I realized Hakuna Matata meant that. So I was like, right, well, now it's going to be an ethos, a culture, a value. It means fuck what you do. Screw you. We're going to do. Anyway, that's what it means. And that's, I'm not, I didn't mean to swear, but that's actually what the brand stands for. So technically, it wasn't swearing. Um, and that, that's what happened. I don't know if it's even right. I, don't, I literally don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep what I'm doing, but I'm just doing it anyway. Uh, and yeah. Sorry, I get very, I get very like this when I'm talking. Sorry. Yeah, come on. <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, thank you very much for sharing all of that. And I couldn't, I just couldn't summarize it all. The one thing that I'm taking, first of all, is just controlling this baby. So by controlling our thoughts, that's the main thing. And I love the fact because many of us and many people out there struggle with the money coming in when they start their businesses. And yet, somehow by knowing that it's going to come in, you carry on doing what you're doing. And you're showing those results. And another lovely thing that you said towards the end is that you don't know what you're doing from the morning to the end of your day, and yet you're achieving things. So in a way, you, yeah, it's just creating on the go, which I think is super powerful. And I think it's a, it's a, a very nice strategy for people to, to learn as well and start doing it. I'm actually going to wake up tomorrow thinking, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do today. Let's see. Let's see what unfolds. I love it. Thank you. Um, there is a question here. Well, there are many questions. I'm going to start oh. with Louise. Um, she's asking us, what is it that continues to motivate you, particularly when you get setbacks? And another one, how do you manage a work-life balance? Both from Louise. Louise. Um, work-life balance. Uh, that would be a nice thing to have, wouldn't it? Uh, I manage work-life balance the same way everyone else does. I just don't do it. I just, I just do like, so okay, here's an example. Not, like yesterday was, yesterday I felt really happy, right? So I was working and between like 10 and two, I was on my phone and my laptop like this. I was on my phone. I was doing phone calls like that. And I was outside in the garden on loudspeaker doing different things, dancing from company to company to company, working with different people, getting all the information in of different companies. It wasn't balanced. It was me just throwing it all in it. But what made me happy was that it wasn't work. I didn't feel like I was working. It felt I was enjoying it because I was wandering in the garden. I was balancing on the trampoline while I was talking to a company about the website. They didn't know what I was doing. I was like, let me just check with the finance director and I go and sit with the sausage dog. Do you know what I mean? And I go, what do you think? And like, I guess I make it fun. So it's not about, I don't really, honestly, if you ask me what I'm doing every day, I'll say I'm working, but it doesn't feel like work anymore. Um, but also, I guess it's quite sad, but I spent the majority of my life pissing around and enjoying myself, right? I spent five years abroad nonstop. I got drunk every t I literally spent one summer. I was drunk every single day, and I had a McDonald's every day. That's all I did for the entire summer. Like, no one else I know has spent five months eating McDonald's a day and being pissed from, like, 
5 p.m. till 4 in the morning every day. My stomach was in bits. Like, I was really ill. But I did it. So the point is, I've already done that sort of life and messing around sort of stuff. So now it's time to work. So I guess every time someone says to me, why are you working? I just say, because I'm trying to, now I'm sacrificing a little bit. And I think so it doesn't come without a sacrifice. It really doesn't. I think you have to sort of say to yourself, is this for me? Like, am I, can I, can I sacrifice sort of friendships or sacrifice seeing my friends today or, or having a missus or those sort of questions? You've you got to like ask yourself, what are you willing to give up to get where you want to get? Um, and I, I guess right now I'm at a point in my life where I'm willing to give everything. I, I'd give up anything to reach my goals. And I think it's taken a long time to get there. Now I know there's only one thing I want out of life. And if I don't get there, you know, I might be a miserable old man sat there, you know, when the sort of guy that steals the ball off kids and says, have it back. I might end up like that guy with no family or friends, but it's a risk I'm willing to take. So that's, that's the, in terms of the, how do you manage work-life balance? Motivation. Interestingly, you said that. So I guess off the back of what Jose said there about um, your mindset, I just sort of sat there and thought, what's the worst thing that can happen, right? Because I was like, it's all fun and games until the bailiff comes and knocks on the door. And I was like, then i got to hide. Um, but I was like, what's the worst that can happen? Well, the worst that can happen is they can take my car. I can walk. Uh, I can go get into debt. They can sue me. But if I've got no money, they can't get anything out of me anyway. So I'll pay a pound a week for the next 35 years. So the point is, the worst that can happen is, is what? I'll just be skin and in debt. Um, well, I'm a, I was a student and I still have a student law. So technically I am skinning in debt. So that's not really going to make a difference. So I guess I just sort of looked at what the worst case scenario was. And I just thought, screw it. What have I got to lose? I've got everything to gain. I've got really nothing to lose. Um, so the motivation there is just like building my future, building my, what I, I'm just going for what I want. And also the fact that I told everyone I'm trying to do this now. So if I don't do it, I look like a right tit. Um, so yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I totally get that because it's exactly how I went into, um, you know, my business in that I was like, you know, actually, what have I got to lose? If I don't try this, then I'll always regret never trying this in my life. And, you know, I, I speak to so many business owners that just have, um, or aspiring business owners that have that dream, but just never like make it happen um and i suppose you know i get that what you were saying about it you're really busy but it doesn't feel like work because you know i'm constantly having people saying you know you're so busy doing so many different things but it doesn't feel like work it just is stuff that i really enjoy doing you know i like helping people i like doing the podcasts you know like um you know speaking to different people like yourself so you know i think that's um, really key to find something that you really enjoy and just doesn't feel like a toil and I think, you know, working for yourself as well is immensely more satisfying. Even if you're not having the money in on the early stages, you are building something. So um, I've got a question from the audience here for you. So Haraman has asked, um, what was the one main action that really helped you to fast track your learning and launch your business to the level it is currently? Um, well, that I mean, <laughs> Hidden Travel is, is, is not even launched yet. And <laughs> If you want to know someone, when they say, like, if you don't know how to do something, just go and do it. If you don't know how to start a business, don't wait for the perfect time. That is literally what we do with Hidden Travel. Like, launching a company with, like, no money, no not, no idea, no plan, no clue. I had a business plan. I wrote it. But who the hell? You can write a business plan about anything. Like, I could write a business plan about making chocolate. I have no idea how to do it. But I'd be like, maybe you put it in a mold. Maybe you do this. Maybe you heat it up. I don't know. But the point is, we, we had a sort of a plan. Um the one action that really helps me is what I just explained there. Literally, I just throw myself into things now. Like, 
it sounds so stupid, but the like, okay. So everyone I know wants to, everyone I know wants to start a business. Everyone I know asks me the question, how, how do you start a business? Everyone I know says, how do you do that? How do you do this? Everything I've learned to this point, I'm not even taking the mic. Like I was doing InDesign last night. I told you I was making that that thing to send out to like a press release. I made it on InDesign. It was a beautiful magazine. Um, I learned InDesign because one day I just picked up a laptop, started playing with it. Photoshop, I learned how to use that because I started playing with it. I can make really good videos using video editors because I started playing with it. I watched start a podcast every week. I just went, right, I'm starting a podcast, bought a microphone, got a green screen, sort of learned how to do it, put it on, and now I have a podcast. Everything, oh, I wanted to start building websites. I just built my own website, and I built another one, I built another one, and they got gradually less crap. Like, the, the point is, everything I've ever wanted to do, everything I've ever wanted to learn, I just started doing it. Um, and I think with, with Hustle Marketing, um, the decision to start that was obviously to learn more about these things I'm talking about now. But actually, I'd throw myself into something, and I realized that whilst I was working full-time in the day, I would go home, go to the gym, and then I would work all night into the morning, and it didn't feel like work, and I was knackered the next day. And actually, one of my two, two businesses I worked at said that I had stopped working in my free time because I was too tired. And I said, yeah, but... I was like, yeah, okay, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to. So, but the, the point was, I just threw myself into it, right? So I think that is the action. That's, that's the only action that anyone can ever take is when they say, when they say, and you hear successful people say all the time, and business owners say, just, just take one step, jump in, take the step, take the plunge, throw yourself into it. Don't wait for the moment. They're not bullshitting when they say that. I, I'm, and if you are going to achieve anything, I have no idea how I've got to where I am now. I wouldn't class anything like anywhere near success yet, but I've got a long way to go. But all I'm doing right now is just putting one foot in front of the other. And in every conversation with Luke, my co-founder, whenever we come against something, like, what are we going to do with that? We're going to do that. I go, don't worry about that. We'll do this next step. So the next step right now is let's make this magazine. Okay, now we're going to meet tonight. We're going to we're going to try and get someone on board from a, a social influencer company. So like, let's go meet. Let's go meet her. Um, we, we need a four by four to cross country. Well, how are we going to get one of those? I don't know. We'll figure that out. And then we got to it. I was like on the phone, bringing loads of different companies that had four by four in the name. Somehow it happened. I've sat with them. I was like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Are you interested? And then we have a four by four for a week, free of charge to drive somewhere really cool. Um, the, I need a videographer. Cool. Last night I put a message out on my Instagram. I need a videographer. Um, three got in touch. I rang one and said, hey, what are you doing? This is what we're up to. Are you interested? He was like, yeah, cool. Count me. And I was like, I can't pay you much, but I'll give you some free clothes and I'll give you a couple hundred quid. He's like, cool. So every single thing we've done, every single thing that I've built so far, anything, anything that I've, I've created, I've just gone, yeah, I can do that when I just started. And I think a lot of people say, I'm going to do that or I'll, I'll do that soon or I'm thinking of doing that. And I think that's the issue. I think just just honestly, just start. If you fail, who cares? You started. At least you know it doesn't work and you know it right now and fast enough so you can then do something else. Um, but honestly, nine times out of ten, it actually works out. You figure it out. You learn, and but you sure as shit learn something every time, whether you fail or whether you don't fail. Um, I'm not even trying to talk like a wise owl. I have no idea. Like when I say I have no idea, I've seen entrepreneurs sit on stage. They, they've made millions and they go, we have no idea. I'm like, yeah, sure you don't. What's the secret? Stop lying. Stop lying. No, I get it. Like we don't know what we're doing, but we're just not worrying about it anymore. And I, I, I go and talk to quite a lot of kids at universities and I say to them, just start. Like what's the worst that can happen? You want to be a bus driver? Go be a bus driver. You want to be a train driver? Or a, I don't know. Is a train driver a train driver? A train pilot? Go do it. Like, go and fail. Fail as fast as you can. Like, celebrate when you fail. Um, and uh, you, if you can do that and just move forward every time, you're going to just beat everyone else. Like, because the majority of people are scared to fail. And it's that scared feeling, that worry of failing and looking like a tit. But who cares anymore? Like, who cares?
Like, I, oh, you know what? I'm going on a proper rant right now. I'm sorry. I was just, I was just going to say, you know, everyone thought jobs were secure. Well, you know, so did I. And they've been made redundant before. Um, and a lot of my friends have been made redundant right now. Every, every one of us thought that was the, the safe option. But actually, when shit hits the fan, it's not the safe option. Um, and actually, the one that's saving my backside right now is what you would consider the, the risky option, which is the going out, going out on your own. Anyway, sorry, I went on a proper rant then, but I, I guess, yeah, I'm going to stop talking. Louis, fantastic. No, fantastic, because you're giving so much information and then there's, you know, real knowledge in there. It's great. I mean, this is super valuable for, for everybody listening to the podcast today and later on as well. And it's just about, as you said, take the step, do it, and stop worrying about it. We worry about it so much. And what if I fail? Fine, fail. First attempt in learning if you want to look at it in a different way. Go and do it, learn, and I love that. Fail, if you're gonna fail, fail fast, celebrate it, take the learning, and move on. Fantastic. Look, we have got many more questions here. I'm gonna pick, well, trying to follow certain order. Yolanda, uh, going a little bit back to the disruptive marketing. I love the term disruptive marketing that you use to describe hustle marketing. Could you expand more on this? That's just the one, which I think you kind of did. And then the second question from Yolanda, how have you had to change your approach to business as a result of lockdown, which is perfect for today's podcast? Okay. Uh, interesting. I can see the word hustle. So we spell hustle, H-U-S-S-E-L, and hidden is spelled H-I-D-D-N. Every business that I have or I'm involved in has the spelling wrong on purpose. Uh, I don't know why. I just quite like it. I just think it's funny. Uh, plus, it makes it interesting. You go, go hidden travel. They ring you back and they go, I can't find it. It's like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's not helpful for search results or marketing. It's like actually the opposite of marketing. But I just thought it was great. And like I said, I made the word up, H-U-S-S-E-L. It means whatever I want it to mean now. So it sounds like hustle, but it really, I've written something like, it means screw you, go against it. Because it can mean whatever you want. It could have been called, like I said, it could be called Hakuna Matata, and it means whatever you want it to mean. Um, right. How have you had to change your approach to business as a result of lockdown? Um, well, um, I guess... The only, the only major change, so obviously with the travel company, um, we just paused. We paused. We waited. Now, actually, there's a silver lining here because a lot of people could sit there and go, oh, it's really not good. We were going to launch. And a lot of people are going, are oh, you okay, mate? Your travel company can't start. You can see they're going, ha-ha. Like, but I'm like, yeah, we're fine, actually, because whilst we're waiting and we haven't spent any money and we haven't launched, um, some of the biggest travel companies in the world are failing and are, are going to fail. Now, I'm not celebrating biz big businesses failing. But I'm celebrating the fact that whilst they're all struggling and they're fighting to, to keep alive, they're not focusing on new businesses. They're not trying to force new businesses out of the market. In fact, their defenses right now, are, they're, they're, comp they're, they're completely on the defensive. They're nowhere. They're not even considering the offensive. Um, I have no idea what that was. <laughs> it wasn't me, by the way. It was upstairs. Right, just to clarify, for anyone on the podcast, I didn't just fart on a live Zoom. That was definitely the plug-in. The plug anyway, um, yeah, so whilst they're all on the defensive, right, and they're all worrying, our strategy changed. We went from, oh, we're going to be the small guys. How are we going to enter the market? See? wasn't me. Um, how are we going to enter the market? What are we going to do to um, – what if they push us out? What if they price us out? Because we're not going in cheap either. And our strategy changed from that to – Let's smash this. Let's go in there agile, fast, quick. Let's hit them. Like, you know, I just, I, I keep saying it like before they know we're there, we're smacking them in the face. Like, 
some, like I said, some of the biggest companies are pretending they're okay right now. They are going to fail. I can, I know for a fact they are. Um, I've been watching like a hawk because obviously furlough is saving a lot of businesses right now and they're not admitting it. Um, but it's going to happen, unfortunately. Um, but it means that if we are very agile, quick, and we bring a new proposition to the market, we can really smash it. And if we can start right now, especially they announced the recession yesterday. Great, they announced the recession because they announced it. Now it's real. Like if, it, if they didn't announce it and scare everyone, it probably wouldn't be. But as soon as they say the word recession, everyone stops spending. Then it causes a recession. It's like it's like the antithesis of, of common sense. But recession looming, um, travel banned, businesses struggling. If we, I wrote on that plan last night. I said like a phoenix rising out of the ashes. A hidden travel is a story of true determination, resilience, and northern grit. And I meant that. It's us saying. Just because you say that's the way it all is right now doesn't mean we're going to accept that as fact. If we can start a business right now and make it successful, some of the most successful companies like in the last 10 years started in the last recession because if you start in a recession, if you start in an issue where at times of uncertainty, you learn your business model reflects that sort of you know resilience. It maintains that throughout. It doesn't go, everything's great. Let's borrow loads of money. Let's, you know, it's a fantastic world, rainbows and fucking snowflakes. Like, it, we're going to start in a period when it's hard. And if we manage it right now, we're going to really survive. So I think that's that's the main thing I've noticed. The strategy has changed and our focus has changed. But actually, we're getting quite excited about, about it because it's got a silver lining there. Yeah, and I think, you know, I've been reading a lot about those big, um, you know, really successful businesses that did start out of various um, recessions. And, you know, being agile is so key because a lot of those huge you know, conglomerate companies, they're so slow. You know, I think someone mentioned it, it's like trying to turn a like tugboat, you know, it's gradually turning. But, you know, if you're a small company, how agile you can be, you know, and I've seen some really interesting things happening in, you know, small and, you know, medium and large size companies that, you know, companies that are not afraid to do something totally different and, you know, be really agile and change that. And they're the ones that's, you know, thriving in the current time. So um, I, I was interested in what you were saying about um, obviously not feeling like you've reached success yet. But um, I've got a question from the audience from Assad who said, what is the end goal? Um, and at what point do you sit back and say, yes, I've done what I set out to achieve? I think I know what the answer is going to be, but let's see. Um, I'm laughing because I had the same conversation the other day. And I was just like, um, they were like, what are you trying to get to? What are you trying to achieve? And funny, I always thought I would say money because I saw the rich guys, right? But actually, yeah, that might be what sparks my interest. But that's not, I don't even mention that anymore. When I go, what are you trying to achieve? I'm like, ah, I just want to build an empire. I want to be like some evil overlord, you know, like just has loads of businesses and he's like a little mafia boss. I got loads of little minions running around and everyone's doing little different things. And we're all going to wear suits and feathers in our hats. And I'm going to be a weird ass. If I ever make it where I'm going, I'm going to be the weirdest, most eccentric business owner. And then what I'd love it as well. If like people say, oh, don't, you know, when people look at someone and they go, oh, he's mental. Don't listen to him. Like I want to be the guy that's mental, but really rich. So they go, he's mental. Maybe we should listen to him. So I'm like, right, everyone should be naked for a day. And everyone listens to me because, because I, because they just believe that, that money is money is power and they believe what you're saying. But I guess I want to get to the point. That was all bollocks, by the way. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I guess I want to get to the point where um, I ain't going to get to a point. I know I'm not. I know what's going to happen. I'm going to start hidden and I'm going to sell it eventually. And I'm going to start something else and I'm going to build that. And then if that gets somewhere, I'm going to sell it. If it fails, I'll do something else. I honestly will never stop. Um, but I want to get to the point where I can probably provide and support uh, my family, my extended family, or if anyone ever comes across like into my 
world, um, I can support them. That's all I really want, to be honest. I, I don't even... I just want like a nice apartment with a nice car and a, and a Harley Davidson in the garage, and I'm happy. Like at that point, I'm happy. I, I don't even I don't even care uh, about things like yachts and boats and stuff. I, I don't give a toss. So it's not about money for me. I just want to be comfortable. But I, I think I just don't want to have that. I don't want the pressure of finance financial pressure dictating what I'm going to do in life. If I want to, like, I'm trying to learn guitar right now. It's a nightmare. I can't learn because I've not got enough time. And um, if I want to learn to, I want to learn to fly a plane. There you go. That's what I do want to do. Uh, I want to become a pilot. I'm blind as a bat, so I can't commercially become a pilot. But the point is, I want to learn and get a pilot's license. Um, I want to, I just want to learn loads of skills. I want to have the ability and the freedom to do that. And I want to be able to work in businesses and have a team of people around me where I can say, let's catch up once a week and let me know how it's going. And I'll, and I'll lend and I'll lean in and I'll give advice. But that means I want, I think if that, that means that I want multiple businesses, right? Because if I'm thinking about having a team of people and catch up once a week, then that's how I must be wanting multiple businesses. Um, but yeah, I, I think if I get to that point where I've got no pressure, um, I'm doing the things I enjoy, I'm learning new skills and I'm doing it before I'm old because a lot of people wait until they're you know retired at 60, 75 or whatever uh, before they start to do that. I want to be doing that by the time I'm 40 because I want to at least have the energy to enjoy it as well. I don't just want to have time, I want to have time and energy. Um, and I want to have the freedom to do that. So I think that's at that point. If, if I'm 40 years old and I've got a house, no worries, a team of people, multiple businesses, everything's taken already, it's turning nicely. I'm able to travel the world and do cool things and learn new skills. At that point, I probably think, yeah, man, I've made it. Louis, I, I think, yeah, thank you very much for that. I think this, what you just shared, links very nicely to the next question from Luis, by the way. Mm -hmm. What advice would you have for young people today, which in a way you have shared loads, but you know, again, give us another gem. Yeah, so it, that, I was actually thinking uh, when when I was when I finished that last answer, I was thinking, but I also <laughs> I actually really really enjoyed so something I never had experience with before. I've done a lot of speaking, um, you know, in workplaces or conferences and things. Not like talking about me, talking about you know marketing or something that we've learned or something. So like work related. Um, but when the when the apprentice came out, I was getting asked to do a lot of speaking events um, about me, and speaking about what how I got to where I was going. Now, actually, that's really fun because if you think about it, you can make. I used to make presentations the night before and sit there and speak for an hour because I enjoyed sharing the story. Because actually, I'm talking about the guys that I met in the ski resorts, the multi-million pound guy that I emailed when I was 22 with a massive email like this, and he came back to me with a voice note, and I played that voice note out to these kids. And this guy who was really successful, and he's still really, really is successful, um, I play it to them so they get his advice direct from the horse's mouth. I talk about the times that when I finished uni, I ring all the, the agency owners, and I used to haunt them. And I've got videos on my YouTube from three or four years ago, me going around knocking on people's doors like, hey, can I interview you? Uh, just because I wanted to meet them, make them my friends, and then that was my social circle. Um, so I, I really enjoy sharing that story. And I guess... I was doing, when I was younger, I was doing things that people would consider weird. My friends would take the piss out of me for it. Or if I went, when I was at uni, my friends thought it was funny because I was skinned and they were like, why are you going uni when you're 21? And I was like, trust me, some guy told me I have to do it. I know it sounds weird. It's not a sex thing. He told me to do it. Um, that was a joke. Anyway, <laughs> i gotta, I got to like moderate my jokes because they just, anyone's going to think I'm so weird to listen to this. No, we'll just bleep um, you out. It's fine. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. You, you, are, you are disrupted anyway, so perfect. <laughs> like, that's, that's the perfect excuse, isn't it? I can be like, well, my industry reflects who I am as a person. Uh
I've got two quick questions for you um, before we wrap up. So uh, one question is, if you could summarise in one word what you'd learned from the apprentice, your time on The Apprentice, what would that be? Um, I, I guess, do you know what? I, I, when, like, so on, the, on that sort of theme, what we're talking about there, so like I'd been asked to do the speaking events and, and I was surprised all that happened because on The Apprentice, you get made to look a bit of a fool, right? They edit it on purpose to make you look stupid. They tell you what you can and can't do that you it's proper stitched up. And I was really annoyed about that when I was there because I was like, hey, we even sat down with him and said, hey, look, we're not stupid. We know what you're doing. It's really annoying. Like, we're trying to, hit, we get it. You can make a show. It can be funny. We're going to make mistakes anyway. You don't have to, you don't have to make it unfair because that's how I saw it anyway. Um, unfortunately, that's just not the way they work. They work the way that they make it funny and they've got storylines. So fair play. So we, we get made to look like idiots on TV and it can ruin people's career, which is actually quite, morally is it right luckily i get away with it because people have seen me doing stupid shit for years but i, I learned to sort of just like people all the comments for the first time in my life i've had millions of people comment on me taking a mic and i was just like i thought it'd get me down but i just sort of went nah screw them and actually i used to have fun with it so like i see people on social media and every time someone wrote a really negative comment i go in their profile find a bit about their family themselves and I'd make a comment on them and be like well, that's not very nice you've got kids and you're saying things like that or uh, one guy wrote on the facebook he was like something about me being really ugly and i went in his profile and i was like he was a business owner i came back and i was like it's, i don't expect that from someone like you i expect it from people who haven't achieved anything because they're generally jealous and feeling insecure but a guy who's saying he's a successful business owner i've just added you on linkedin I'm, a, I, I'm pretty shocked that you would even speak like that. And he wrote back going, I'm really sorry. I just jumped to the bandwagon. I was like, you're an asshole. Is what you are, sir. Um, but the point is, I thought I would, it would get me down. And a lot of people, it does get them down. And that's where a lot of issues come out of reality TV. However, I learned to just laugh and joke along. And if someone goes, ha, oh, that perfume bottle, I go, ha, ha, it was crap, weren't it? Or like, I just learned to laugh at myself a bit more. And just, as long as I, I, I now know, that I am different to a lot of people. And it's taken years. I've always thought I was weird. And this is what I would have told the kids about as well. I always thought what I was doing was weird. Everyone took the mick out of me for it. But I realize now that even when The Apprentice came on, people started asking me how I'm doing what I'm doing. And I think at that point, it goes to that story, doesn't it? At first they laugh at you, then they ignore you, then they fight you, and then you win. Well, I've been going through that for years and I just thought I was the other one out. I thought I was the black sheep. But actually, I, I'm... People are starting to ask me, even now, before I've even made loads of money. I can pretend I'm rich. I'm like, yeah, milking it. After the apprentice, I'm so loud. But I haven't lied to people. I've always said the same thing. I ain't made it yet. But I think that, I honestly believe that this sort of attitude is going to drive me through. And already people are recognizing that. So I would say to anyone who's younger, um, just honestly be yourself and chase, chase your own passions. Screw anyone else's things. And people are going to take the piss. If you start to do things different, trust me, they're going to take the piss. There's a time, if you get a chance after this, Google Lewis Ellis in Syria, right? There was a time when I was really weird. I, I made a joke up between a few friends and we pretended to go to Syria just as a joke. We pretended that we got lost, we got on the wrong boat and we ended up in Syria and we got picked up by the Russians and they laughed at us. And it was this ridiculous story, right? Somehow the press got hold of it. I wake up the next day and I'm on BBC News. The army are in the resort of Ayanapa looking for us. We're in the we're in like Daily Mail. And my mum at that point thought she'd failed me as a, as a child. She was like, this kid is the weirdest kid. And whenever everyone asked me why we did it, I said, well, we didn't actually do it. It was like, a, it was a bit of a joke between mates. We didn't think that people would start rumours. It's like a rumour mill. People spread the rumour. Next thing you know, the press had picked it up. But the point is, 
at that point, everyone thought I was the weirdest failure. Like they were like, "This guy went to university. He's going to be a. He's he's not going nowhere." But actually, it was just me being me. I I am weird. I am different, and I embrace it now. And I think that's the advice I would give to kids, and that's the thing that I, that's kept me going. Yeah, laughing at myself. That's so. I think that's so powerful because you know, like so much, especially in childhood and teenager, trying to really conform, conform. And actually, when you get to be an adult, you realise that it's those weird quirks, those unique things, that actually make you stand out. You know, and that's exactly what you're sort of bottling up in hustle. You know, particularly in that sort of destructive marketing to you know that weirdness. And we are different. We're not going to be your bog standard, you know, digital agency. We are going to be doing things differently and sort of mixing things up and not giving you that sort of bog standard uh, marketing offer that um, you might expect. I was going to say, I, the, the age, one of the things that I become a massive advocate for, and this is this is what makes us different. You wouldn't think this is what makes a, a, um, like innovative marketing or like creative marketing and like disruptive. All it means is, for me, just showing who the brand is. Who is the brand? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why should anyone give a shit uh, care? <laughs> um, You're enough. Just... You know what I mean? I struggle to just hide. But why should someone care? And and what I find hilarious is that every other digital marketing, anyone can do marketing, right? You just read a book, best practice, how to do SEO, how to do social media ads, how to do this. You can anyone. A ch- I always say a chimpanzee could do marketing, and it offends most agencies because that's all they're doing. They're just going everywhere, same thing. They're all copying each other. They're all just doing best practice. But what makes good marketing is when you can really push that brand and show them who they are. And I've called it disruptive. That's not disruptive. It's just being themselves, showing who's behind the brand, showing the value. And actually, when you do that, people engage with it because it's real people, real connections. And transparency is key moving forward in digital, especially in the digital area, because people are aware that you can promote, you can present yourself as someone you're not online. And, and I think people have become more, more aware of that. And as a result, they're cautious now. So you've got to really present, position yourself who's who you are. Um, and that I call it disruption. It's not disruption, it's just different. And obviously, I come up with weird ideas as well, which makes it more disruptive. Um, but um, even, if people want to find travel, out a bit more, where, where's the best place for them to come to for um, Hidden and for Hustle, if they want um, to find out? To be honest, so you can read about Hustle on the website. You can read about Hidden on the website. It's like Hustle's H-U-S-S-E-L and Hidden's H-I-D-D-N. You'll find them. So you can read about them on the websites and what we're doing with each one. Um, if you want to learn about the journey and stuff like that, it's probably better to just come and find me. Um, you can find me anywhere. Uh, I talk and I'm usually causing trouble somewhere online. LinkedIn's my favorite hunting ground for peeing people off. Um, but you'll, you'll sort of understand who I am and what I'm doing if you go through my LinkedIn. If, you, if you're interested in business, if you want to see some funny stuff, go to my Twitter. Um, that, that's more interesting for funny stuff. But if you're looking for serious business stuff, LinkedIn, and I, I'm, here's an example. I openly share everything. The most embarrassing failures. I had a client tell me to like screw myself um, because he was offended because I was messaging him. And I, and I, I shared that message. I was like, oh, I just got told to piss off by this guy because I offended him. And a lot of people don't do that. They don't share that information. I was like, I just got fired from my job. Here's a video of it. No one shares that. Um, I shared bad. I was on the. I was there going, hey, I'm struggling. I'm going to struggle to pay my bills this month. Don't know how I'm going to do it. And that video, I shared that. And the, if you actually follow, you can actually genuinely follow the story and plot that journey through LinkedIn posts. And you'll see me causing havoc and you'll see people arguing me and people saying that I'm not right and that that's wrong and rah, 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 rah. But the point is I've maintained who I am throughout and I don't really give a shit what they say. Yeah, but I think that's what's that really interesting thing. People, what, as you were saying about the brands, people want to know what's behind the brands. And this is exactly your 
brand journey basically and you know, I saw I saw that video when you were talking about you know struggling not sure um, about paying the bills and you know it's really powerful people understand that journey and you know when you know share with you the successes as well so it's been an absolute delight to have you here today Lewis and hear all about your energy for um, business is infectious and we've been having some really um, great feedback from um, the audience Louise works in a secondary school and would love you to speak to her students because she thinks you'll really inspire them I love high school students they're so much fun like they are like just banter so yeah definitely um, and I think do you know what's interesting with students like I think they connect with me because you know what I haven't made it I honestly haven't but I've achieved some level of something uh, that they can go, oh, he's not just chatting shit. He's not just going, I want to do this because I'm doing it. I'm in the thick of it right now. And I think that is, this is the point where I should be sharing. So that's why I try and do as many student talks as possible because when you're rich and you make it and you're all like successful, you forget about all the stuff along the way. And I don't think that's an inspiring story to say, hey, look how rich I am. The, inspire, the inspiration comes from the head. Look how much I'm struggling. Look at these bags under my eyes. Like I was up till three in the morning last night. I think that's the story that needs to be shared with kids. Yeah. So yeah, cool. Hit me up on uh, LinkedIn. Yeah, brilliant. I'll make sure we connect you guys. So um, thank you so much, Lewis. And thank you to our amazing audience. You've been, we, there's still a couple of questions we didn't get to get to. But, um, you know, I think um, we've really covered so much um, today. So thank you so much for joining us. And um, Lewis, um, Lewis, I'm getting, it's because Jose Luis. <laughs> Jose, have you got anything else to add? Just next time, just call me Antonio. So that's fine. <laughs> I like that one. Um, I'm hoping was that, that? I was gonna say I'm hoping I said it on purpose. I'm hoping now that I've said it, everyone else hears it. When you do the podcast, everyone listens to you every week. Goes, ah, oh, it's that guy. Yeah, it's that guy, it's Antonio. <laughs> Who is it, <laughs> Louis? It's been an absolute pleasure having you here, uh, listening to you. You know, one of the things I love to do is just to spot those, you know, moments of excellence that I like to call. And throughout your presentation, there have been so many. You tick so many of the boxes of a charismatic person, leader. Um, no wonder why Luis wants to have you speaking to, you know, children, students. It's been fantastic. I'm not going to prolong this any further. Thank you so much. I think you are adding so much value, not just to this podcast, the audience, but to the world, mate. So keep it up. It's been a great pleasure having you here. Thank you so much, everybody. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. We invite you to subscribe to the show on Spotify. And if you wish, leave a review and share the show using our hashtag, Lockdown and Then World. For more information about what we do, or if you wish to join us as part of the audience or as a guest, you can visit either of our websites, www.finding-excellence.com or www sparksucceed.co.uk Amazing things can and do happen when excellence and success come together.